looking around the Christmas tree at the Christmas party hop. Mistletoe hung where you can see every couple tries to stop. Rocking around the Christmas tree, let the Christmas spirit ring. And welcome to another exciting episode of Pretentious Internet Theatre. I am your host, Andrew Cook, a man so neat. I've saved the holidays. That's right. If you go to pitpodcast.com, you'll be able to go through our archives and find this out for yourself. In fact, I'd like to inspire you, as I always do, if you have difficulty trying to find that hard-to-find Christmas gift special someone in your life has everything go on itunes or stitcher if they have an android device and subscribe them to pretentious internet theater which you can find the rss codes on bitpodcast.com if you do that they will have the gift that keeps on giving because i am the one who gives it to you all for free Although I do have an Amazon.com wish list. Just saying, if you want to throw me a little something, something. Or you can just email me at thepitpodcast.com. In 2009, I did my first Christmas episode in which I saved Christmas, Hanukkah, and Kwanzaa. So it was a holiday episode. In 2010, I did an episode in which the Teen Titans had to save Christmas. In 2011, I a non-denominational My Hime Holiday Special. But in 2012, I did the Final Fantasy Christmas Special. And if you listen to that episode, episode 57, it is, if you go back and listen to that, right after the credits, don't go away. Because I read the first draft of an original piece. I'll let you in a little secret. I write a bit, although I don't talk about it so much. And I kind of follow the Hemingway method of writing, if you know what I mean. So that first draft got a little dicey. It made me wince, almost like it was almost to my immortal levels. But tonight's story. Tonight's story is an epic tome that will go down in history because it written by one of the greatest authors that I know, me, Andrew Cook. As a matter of fact, this episode is the only Christmas special you need, except for the 1951 Christmas Carol starring Alastair Sim and the Doctor Who Christmas special. Maybe that Charlie Brown thing. Still, this one, for those of you who don't have ABC Family, anymore. This is the program for you. It reminds me of a quote by St. Francis of Assisi. For it is in giving that we receive. And I would like to receive your comments, suggestions, and feedback at the Pit Podcast. 
at gmail.com or on our Facebook where you can follow us on Pretentious Internet Theatre. Go to pitpodcasts.com for all the details. Now, without any further ado, Pretentious Internet Theatre proudly presents the most epic Christmas ever by Andrew Cook, myself. <clears throat> Pammy the Elf walked across the tundra that was the North Pole, his home. He left his tinkerer house out of his dental practice. He had many a customer, but he was concerned. Santa Claus did not make his regular two o'clock appointment that he had made six months prior. He didn't know where Santa was. Usually, he was busy this time of year, visiting every mall, hanging outside of shopping plazas, going to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. But he couldn't find Saint Nick now. I bet he got kidnapped, he said. He always manages to. I swear, next time I'm going to make sure we hire some elves that know some Jeet Kune Do or something. At least are armed with something better than candy canes. Or maybe at least they lick the candy cane at the top first and make the points chop. And while he was bumbling through his mind and trying to figure how he could get the elves to protect Santa to actually be effective, he saw a man of snow march on the hill. Upon closer inspection, he saw that he had a corn-carved pipe and a button nose and two eyes made out of coal. Happy birthday! The snowman said, dofting his magic hat on his head. Why, hello, friend, said Hermie. I'm on the way to go try to find Santa. Have you seen him? Oh, I'm looking for Santa myself, said Frosty the snowman. But I also heard about what you did to my friend, Abominable Snowman. You pulled out all that poor Abominable Snowman's teeth. And, as a snowman myself, well, I think it's time I taught you a lesson. Oh my, said Hermie, his knees shaking, sweat glistening off of his brow. Then, in a red beacon of light shone down from the sky, landed with a triumphant four-point landing. Now just a minute there, Mr. Snowman, I don't know who you are. You better back off, my friend. <laughs> I'm Frosty the Snowman, and today's my birthday. But instead of taking the presents, I'm going to give one. And Rudolph said, well, I don't see what the problem is here. I'm going to give this elf a knuckle sandwich. Now, just a minute, said Rudolph. This isn't the kind of behavior that should be around Christmas time. Hermie put his hand between the both. Wait, no, stop, please. It's probably because Santa's missing. Rudolph took his antler and pushed his friend aside. He stared down those two eyes made out of coal. I'm going to grind them so hard they're going to become diamonds, he taunted. Frosty put his hand out, beckoned him forward, and said, Happy birthday. Rudolph let out his magical nose beam and fired it right at Frosty, who had a... As the red beam burst through his chest, Frosty fell to the ground, gathered snow, and packed it back in him. You're going to have to do a lot more than that. Hold on just a minute! Another voice came. 
Frosty froze in his tracks, figuratively and literally, because he's a snowman. Oh my goodness, Santa! I thought you were missing! I'm not Santa, said the little bearded man with the red outfit. Rudolph said, yeah, I think Santa's just a bit taller. Who are you? I'm Papa Smurf, and there seems to be a problem of epic proportions. Papa Smurf? I've never heard of you, said Hermie. Well, we've saved Christmas back in 84, I think. Anyway, the others are gathered. Apparently, Santa's been kidnapped again. For some reason, it's like a legion of evil Christmas villains has gathered together. Come with me, and I'll explain everything. They all left, and went towards the Elf Stadium, where usually reindeers clashed and played games. But today, it was an arena full of the finest heroes that ever were. Seated in there with the fairly odd parents, Kiss, Johnny Bravo, Jackie Chan, the Powerpuff Girls, the real Ghostbusters, Superman, Popeye the Sailor Man, and many others. Everyone, Frosty looked around, he had seen, had all in their own way. Everyone, Hermie noticed, had a Christmas special, and each one of them saved Christmas at one time or another. This, he thought, must be more epic than Papa Smurf described, and he used the word epic in everything. Papa Smurf raised his hand and made sure the microphone was lowered because he's about three apples high. Everyone, please, thank you. Please, got their attention. I gathered you all here with my smurfy magic because Santa Claus has been smurfed. We need to assemble a team to go forth and smurf him. Just then, Pac-Man raised his arm. Excuse me, Papa Smurf. Yes, Pac-Man. We're all a little confused as to what you're trying to tell us. I see. Fred Flintstone then walked up. Papa Smurf? I, I got this. Ladies, gentlemen who have saved Christmas, I need you to, to gather together to save it once again. Santa's been kidnapped. It's been part of an evil plot by those who once tried to foil Christmas. How is it you know this? Said Phineas, or Ferb, one of them. I know this because we got a letter that says Santa was kidnapped. He saw green hair on it. That told me, after speaking to Cindy Lou Who, it was none other. Cindy Lou Who sat up. The handwriting looked familiar, and it made me cry, for I remembered the little heart he put on his eye. I thought his heart grew, and he'd no longer be mean, but the hair that's on this letter is green. I'm sorry, she started to cry. Fred Flintstone put his hand on her shoulder. It's okay, Cindy Lou Who. We're sure that the Grinch will be back on top of Mount Crumpet. Hopefully not stealing Christmas from good boys and girls this year. Cindy Lou Who just cried into her hands. I thought he changed. I thought he changed for the better. Rudolph got up on all fours from his seat. Which was built for elves. Everyone! I'll guide us to Santa. I know 
exactly where he's hidden the naughty niceness. First thing, we're going to have to protect. Trust me. I've been at this for a very long time. Now hold on just a minute, said Frosty the Snowman. I've saved my share of Christmases as well. Hang on just a second, the both of you. Everyone here. All of the other reindeer walked up to the microphone. Now, unlike all of your Christmas specials, mine actually involves someone saving Christmas. The Christmas crickets start to speak. Olive, put your head down. And Chaos started to erupt as Superman said, I'll just pick up the sleigh and fly it myself. I can go around the world in like five minutes or something. Popeye the Sailor Man said, what Santa needs is more spinach and less of whatever the hell he eats, candy canes or cookies or something, because the man needs to go on diet. They all started quibbling and fighting amongst each other. Then, a lone boy walked onto the stage. He raised his hand and looked up at the... He looked towards the stagehand and gave him a signal with his hand. Lights, please, he said. And when he said that, all of the Christmas heroes stopped in their tracks. For this was Linus Van Pelt, and he was about to deliver an inspirational speech. Because he is one of the few people who has a Christmas special that can get away with Bible verses. <clears throat> And I saw heaven opened, and behold a white horse, and he sat upon him and called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were a flame on fire, and his head were many crowns, and he has a name written, and no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed in a vesture dripped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Now let's go get Santa back and kick their asses. Well, hold on just a minute. Said Papa Smurf, we don't know what the Smurf's going on. Who are the Smurf's behind this? Oh, I know who's behind this, said Linus. It's obvious. Ebenezer Scrooge. How do you know Ebenezer Scrooge is behind this? The man's long dead. No, he's on Fox News right now. They were all shocked. Linus had asked the stagehand, who apparently he knew personally, to changed the main jumbotron to Fox News, and there was Ebenezer Scrooge sitting at a round table with the Grinch, Mr. Potter, and Skeletor. What I see the problem is, is people don't know the true meaning of Christmas anymore, said Skeletor. I converted after hearing the story of a baby being born in a manger. It was the most sad thing ever. That's why I saved Christmas that year, and not He-Man. He-Man looked confused as he saw Skeletor speaking this, but then he remembered his own Christmas special, in which Skeletor converted to Christianity because he heard a baby was born in the manger. And I'm not kidding. It is true, said Ebenezer Scrooge. I remember when I was talked to by three specters who tried to convince me to become a socialist. Obviously. Bob Cratchit could just get a second job or pull himself up by the bootstraps and not rely on people in our position to help him. If he wants to make as much money as I have, he can build his own business like I did. I came from the bottom. I scraped Bob Cratchit. He's just married. 
He can have his wife help him get a job. Or stay at home and watch the kids. If he doesn't have Tiny Tim, it's one less mouth to feed. All those in the arena were very confused by what they were hearing. The Grinch spoke up next. One Christmas. I managed to take everything from them. I took everything that was superficial from them, and all they were left with was their own spirit of Christmas. And I returned their things to them after they'd learned their lesson. And my heart grew three sizes that day, eating the roast beast. And that's because I had a heart condition. I went to the doctor. I'm taking Coumadin. I found out my heart wasn't tiny because of any sort of acts of my own behavior. It was because I wasn't getting enough vegetables. Skeletor said, Are you sure that maybe you haven't been getting too much vegetables because you're already green? It's a terrible stereotype that people think of us green folk. I don't say you consume too many blueberries, do I, Skeletor? Is that an outfit you're wearing or your skin? I don't know, said Skeletor. I'm terribly sorry, said the Grinch. Just then, Ebenezer Scrooge said, Now, on this panel of discussion, I would like to introduce our special guest, Santa Claus. And Santa Claus himself strode out, wearing his red outfit, his beard, his hat. He smoked from a pipe as he walked into a room. He put his finger to his nose, and he sat down to be the others. Ho, 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 he said. The problem is children around the world sit on my lap and ask my elves to make stuff that they can clearly see is made in China if they learn to read the packaging. My elves haven't had to make toys in years. They've imported them from China. But I... It dawned on me. But all these children were coming up to me. Ho ho ho! They'd sit on my lap and ask for Xbox Ones and PlayStation 5s. There's no PlayStation 5! Santa telling you kids out there, first of all, I'm white, and secondly, it's time you pull yourselves up by your own bootstraps. Linus waved his hand to the technician back, the stagehand, told him to shut it off. I've seen enough, said Linus. We have to stop them. That, that doesn't sound like any Santa I know, said Rudolph. They were all stunned and silent. They didn't know what to do. We need to get into Fox News. We need to stop them. We need to snap Santa out of whatever hypnotic suggestion or some sort of crazy trance he's in. I can help you, said Stephen Colbert. Stephen Colbert? The rest of us are cartoons. What are you doing here? If you recall, I saved Christmas in my own holiday special. Follow me, everybody, in your various vehicles. We're going to New York City. Then, all cartoon heroes took various vehicles, the jets, self-propelled transport, magical teleportation, to go to 1211 Avenue of the Americas in New York City. This is the place, said Colbert. Now, all of you, just stay back. No, there's a lot of you. We've kind of lost the element of surprise, said He-Man. Let's just bust through the door. You're right, He-Man. Of course. Let's do this. Superman flew to the top of the building, and there was Ebenezer Scrooge. Scrooge hit him with his cane, and Superman fell to the ground. Oh, 
my one other weakness. Oh no, Papa Smurf said. You're not looking so smurfy. What's happened? Were you hit by magic or kryptonite? What? My other weakness is... My other weakness is rich people. Jeez, no wonder Lex Luthor or Batman give you such problems. It's okay, Superman. We'll fight off Scrooge. Quick, Ghostbusters. Release the ghost traps and get Scrooge away. Ah! Scrooge screamed as ghosts started chasing him. The other cartoon heroes made their way through security officers and fought through many a security guard. He-Man took the guns and slashed them with his sword. Then he punched them in the face. Just as one security guard was about to grab He-Man, Mr. T took the security guard and threw him through the window of the building. Fortunately, they were only on the 27th floor. He-Man and Mr. T shook hands. Good job, T. We're going to have to work a lot more than that. There's still hordes of guards. That's right, fool. And I pity them. Each and every one of them, I pity them. How much pity do you have for me, Mr. T? His teeth are rotten and yellow like spaghetti. He happened to be riding a 15-foot yeti. Just how in the jibber-jabber did they even get a yeti in on the 27th floor? He-man, we better take him out. Let's have the others see if they can handle the Grinch. As Mr. T and He-Man punched the Yeti in the kneecaps, the Yeti grabbed them. He-Man took his hands and put them to his side. Oh no, the Yeti seems to have taught me. Stop all the jibber-jabber. He-Man, you still have your magic sword. Just then, Popeye the Sailor Man took his can of spinach, squeezed it, and gave it to both He-Man and Mr. D. A plethora of star-spangled delights flew out of their eyeballs as they killed the Yeti dead. Mr. T grabbed the Grinch by his throat. Any last words, sucker? They made me do it. I'm so sorry they made me say those awful things. What do you mean? Said Cindy Lou Who, who stood by his side. Right next to the dude, who you know abide. I'll talk. It was the Fox News people. All of them have hearts blacker than mine. And that Santa you see, there's a reason he's not kind. That isn't really right. Quiet, Santa. Please, I'm sorry. We're kind of in a hurry here. Anyway, that's not really Santa. I know it isn't. I dressed up as the man for pity's sake. That Santa's more cantankerous than I am. You must stop him. The real Santa's being held in the basement, guarded by Cobra Commander. If what you're saying is true, then we must get this Santa, said 1966 Batman. Hang on there just a second, guys. I mean, this fan fiction's getting a little out of control, said Deadpool. Honest, how, how the hell did they get a Yeti in here? I mean... First, Deadpool, just be quiet. You've never even saved Christmas. I've saved Christmas a ton of times in my own fan fictions that I write that I know that I'm in. Obviously, the guy who wrote this is improvising and making it up as he goes along, just hitting some key points. Deadpool, can you can you just get Santa out of the basement from Cobra Commander? We'll send the Avengers or something. Oh, the Avengers! They've never saved Christmas, but all of a sudden you're taking my shut up, Deadpool, and just get down to the basement and fight Cobra Commander. Who's never even in the Christmas special either. So that's why you're perfect for the mission. And Deadpool 
and the Avengers went down to the basement and fought Corporal Commander to free Santa. The real Santa, as the fake Santa and Skeletor came out into the old set that was once the Glenn Beck show. Ho ho ho! Looks like you've all been very naughty, said Santa. Skeletor looked behind him. That's your cue, you idiots! Get them! Beastman, Evelyn, Triclops, Trapjaw, Webstor, that two-faced guy with two heads, he came out, and they all started fighting the heroes. The Powerpuff Girls flew around Trapjaw's head to distract him, while the fairly odd parents poked Triclops with their wands in each of his eyes. Minions, I suppose, were being vanquished. Linus ran past them and got to Skeletor. What are you going to do, little boy? I'm going to tell you a story. A story about a boy who was born in a manger. No, no, said Skeletor. He dropped to his knees. That story gets me every single time. I can't take it. He put his head to the ground and started thumping his fist. Then Charlie Brown kicked his head off. See? That's all you have to do to kick a football, said Linus. That's so difficult! I can motivate people to know the true meaning of Christmas. I can get an entire team assembled in a fan fiction like the Mercury of the Avengers. And I can convince a man who lives in a snake mountain to drop to his knees so who can kick him. I can't convince my sister to hold a football. I'm sorry. Now there's just you left. He said to Santa. You're not real, Santa. I most certainly am. You can tell by my white skin. Santa doesn't talk like that at all. I do now, he said. Ho, 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 I've had enough of you socialists expecting a handout, expecting free toys for nothing. You children want toys so bad, you should go and build your own. I can't believe that you changed to this evil maniacal person. Just then, Deadpool and the Avengers came up with the real Santa. And then, of course, made sure to stand them side by side so we can do the old we can't tell which the real or fake Santa gag is. Thanks, Deadpool. Just then, Hayate Ayasaki from Hayate Combat Butler walked up to the Santas. He looked them both in the eye. If you're really Santa Claus, what did you give me for Christmas? He said, nothing, because you are poor. And he looked to the other Santa, and that Santa said, I know you, Hayate, I gave you that PlayStation 3 last year, and those video games you asked for. Hayate punched that Santa in the face. No, the real Santa didn't give me anything, because I'm poor. Isn't that right, Santa Claus? Well, Hayata, you also punched Santa in the face. I mean, me, not that Santa. Good job on punching that Santa in the face. Kudos to you. You'll get kudos this year. Those lovely little granola treats. I'll make sure you get them. Please. Oh, my favorite Santa. That one, can you throw in some pokey? Don't push it, Hayata. Anyway, they go to the fake Santa. Remove that fake Santa's beard. I want to know who the ho-ho-ho is. The fake Santa's beard was removed. And his hat... And they saw that it was Carl Rove. That's right. We're taking Christmas back and putting the real spirit back into it. And we would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you hippie liberals and all your 
crazy Christmas specials and tendencies to save Christmas. What you're saying doesn't make the slightest bit of sense, said Mickey Mouse. Yeah, he's right, said Jimmy Neutron. Trying to perpetrate a war on Christmas by creating a boogeyman and attributing behaviors as to how the other side worked when in fact they didn't. And then they act on this behavior that said they were doing it on the part of the boogeyman. Could you say that in English, said Fred Flintstone? He is a lying liar and his pants should be on fire, all right, said Jimmy Neutron. And then Jack Skellington lit Carrove's pants on fire. Carrove ran out of the Fox Studios and died. And it was the happiest Christmas of all. The end. Well, I certainly hope you enjoyed that Christmas special. If you'd like to listen to other episodes that I read verbatim, I suggest you go to pitpodcast.com, subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher, and follow us on Facebook. Be sure to email thepitpodcast at gmail.com. And always remember that there is much drama on the internet, but only the best makes pretentious internet theatre. Night, and the pleasure is all yours.